Race fans, it's time for the most famous words in motorsports. Here to give the command, please welcome representatives from the Wounded Warrior Project, Chris Bowers, Joe Brazel, and Rashi Hall. Gentlemen, start your engines! All right, and welcome into another edition of the Up Speed Podcast, Tyler Head and Dalton Mullinex. With you as always, second time this week because we had two races this week. Um, this is the third time we've done a midweek race since NASCAR's return. And I don't know, this one felt a little different, I guess a little more special because we didn't go to the same track twice. We actually went to a different track, Marksville, as opposed to Atlanta over the weekend. And it turned out to be a, a pretty good night overall. I think it was a pretty solid race. Yeah, I, I thought it was a. I thought it was a really. Good, I mean, especially. I mean, I remember UTEX. We, you know, we had the competition caution at lap sixty, mm-hmm. um, and UTEX, and you were one hundred percent correct. You were spot on and said there was more action in those sixty laps than we saw maybe in both Martinsville races combined last year. Those races were bad last year. So yeah. you know, you take, you have a midweek race. It's under the lights for the first time. You know, it's just it was a lot of factors that that came together that made Wednesday's night's race really good. Well, in those two combined races in the spring and fall last year, there was a total of four lead changes. So Keselowski and Truex, who won the two races last year, led 900 of the thousand laps running in those races. And like, it's one thing to have like good competition throughout the field, which, I mean, those races had a fair amount, I would say, but when you know that nobody's going to get by the leader that, I mean, it takes an element out of the race because it's like, okay, well, the, the winner, the winner's already got it locked up. I didn't know nobody's going to get around them. Yeah, exactly. That's like being up five touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you know, in, in football. Yeah. I mean, at that time, you can close up shop. You're not coming back from 35 points down. Exactly. Um, that's not what happened on Wednesday night though. And I, I think combined with obviously no practice, having never run this track truly at night before. We've had some like transition races that ended in the night, but we've never ran a true night race at Martinsville. Um, really contributed to a lot of comers and goers in this thing. So you yeah. had early on Joey Logano dang near lap the entire field in just those 60 laps alone. Uh, outside pole sitter Ryan Blaney gets lapped in those first 60 laps. Well, by the end of the race, he finished the second. You know, yeah. uh, Jimmy Johnson goes up there and leads some laps. He ends up fading. You know, you just had so many guys going back and forth to the front. And when y- you talk about what makes a good race, like that's kind of the thing that tops the list to me, where it's the, co- the competition is coming and going throughout the field. And the winner is truly in doubt until the end of that thing. And Wednesday yeah. not really delivered on that. Yeah. It, it, well, that was the thing is the comers and goers was just, it was, it was amazing to me. I mean, Especially guys that you thought, I mean, outside, I mean, Martin Truex obviously went on to win the race and he had the, he had the best car, you know, the last quarter of the race or so. Um, it was amazing to me how poorly the other Gibbs cars were. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I don't know if they were trying something. I don't know if they just completely missed their setups or right. what. I mean, I, I wish had the, had the damage. Um, but I mean, Denny and Eric Jones were just out there just, slow i mean yeah. it, it, it was rough so after truex who obviously won the race the next high finishing toyota was kyle bush in 19th jones finished in 20th 
Denny Hamlin ended up finishing 24th, and I mean, he spent most of the race multiple laps down. Yeah, and, you know, again, I keep going back to this. It feels so weird to say down year when you've won the Daytona 500, you've won the, another race at Darlington. Kyle Busch has like six top fives this season, but it's like yeah. just they're not the same team. And I'm not saying that they've lost anything. I just feel like everybody else kind of caught up to them. But it's like, yeah, uh, outside of Martin Truex Jr. And Truex Jr., I know this is his first win, but he's kind of been leading the charge. I mean, he won two stages at Atlanta on Sunday. Um, he, he led some laps at, like, Las Vegas when nobody else led laps from the Toyota camp. He's kind of consistently been the guy better than everybody else. Well, and that's what, you know, obviously with Kyle Busch coming off the championship, you know, and you would think that he and Adam Stevens would have that 18 car. Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't won. You know, he, he's had a few opportunities there where he's been in the conversation late, mm-hmm. but they, have had, they haven't had a car where you're just like, yeah, they've got the, they outside, got the best. Outside of Bristol, which, of course, Kyle Busch and Bristol, you can give them a, a Pinewood Derby car and you find a way to lead laps with it. Outside of, outside of that, like, I've never felt like he's been a viable threat for the win, which that's things like typically when Kyle Busch is running in the top five at any point in the race, it's like, oh, man, well, he's going to jump up there and win this thing. I hadn't felt that this year. I mean, just yeah, – they've just been I agree. It's just weird. And, like, I don't know if – like you said, I don't know if it's, you know, has Joe Gibbs fallen off or is everybody just kind of up their level of play and they're just racing with them and they've kind of really overtaken them a little bit. Well, I mean, Um, we obviously know that that Chevy built the new nose this year. That's helped a lot, especially at the, um, you know, tracks of the intermediate tracks where downforce is really, really key. And um, I I think we should have kind of assumed that Ford was going to get even better in the second year with the new Mustang. Right now, it's it's a Ford's world and everybody's currently living in it. They're the ones that's kind of owning everything right now. Um, But yeah, you know, the ebbs and flows of these kind of things are just how it is in NASCAR. I mean, one team will get an advantage for a year or two, and then eventually everybody's going to catch up. And, you know, when, when we go to the new car in 2022, I imagine there's going to be probably one or two teams that get it figured out sooner than everybody else, and maybe they have an advantage for a while. But then the, the pack eventually kept, kept, catches up. Well, exactly. And that's just the way this sport is. Like you said, like, you know, you think of – you know, RCR, they're kind of starting to build things back. I mean, and like you said, with the Chevy, the new configuration of the front nose to the Camaro, mm-hmm. they, they, they a little help in that department, okay? But right. it's like you look at, look at Hendrick, you look at um, Chip Ganassi Racing, you look at, you know, all these different teams that have, that have kind of upped their level of play this year, and most of them are Chevys, I mean, for the most part. Um, but, they, but even like the Penske cars, I feel like are on that next level. They are, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Wednesday night was a, another example of that. Logano led a lot of laps. Uh, Ryan Blaney, like I said, outside of uh, going a lap down early, he ends up battling back and getting a speeding penalty and still managing to finish second. Um, Brad Kozlowski was up there. He led some laps. Uh, Matt Benedetto had a solid top ten run. So, yeah, the, the Ford camp, specifically the Penske Ford camp, has yeah. uh, really got things figured out. Uh, it was another pretty solid night overall for Hendrick Motorsports. Sunday at Atlanta was a little bit – off for them compared to how they've been running at mile and a half. Um, outside of Chase Elliott leading like the first 26 laps of the race, they weren't really much of a factor. But you know, uh, Jimmy Johnson led. Let's see, he led 70 laps. 
Uh, you know, Chase Elliott ended up getting a top five out of it. Um, William Byron got an eighth place finish, and where is he? Alex Bowman ended up finishing sixth. So all four Hendrick cars in the top ten. Um, and, and again, it's it, it's a short track, so you know the the aerodynamics and stuff don't really matter that much there. But uh, you know, last season we weren't having too many races where all four of those guys finished in the top ten, regardless of the track. So it's just kind mm-hmm. of another indication that this team is doing significantly better this year yeah exactly and that's the thing i think that you know you you see you know the the elite drivers of the sport and the elite teams i mean i still think kevin harvick kyle bush probably truex those three are, are kind of in a league of their own right uh, and the thing with them is they can go anywhere mm-hmm. in their threat they're, they're yep. fast you know they roll off the truck quick and it's just that's where you're starting to see I feel like and I don't know if this is more you know last week or what so we're, we're doing a lot of podcasts right now and I ain't mad about it yeah but like we talked about parody through the sport yep and I think that's something that we're really be I don't remember this much parody in the sport in a long time no and and you know the this rules package was kind of supposed to the, the intermediate rules package at least was kind of supposed to create that a little bit and we've seen that from mm-hmm. time to time but man, really not having these practices is, I think is doing it more than anything else. And, yeah. you know, I think we, for a long time, people viewed super speedways as the great equalizer where anybody can get in the draft, anybody can run up front, anybody can have a chance to win. I think in these past couple of years, short tracks have become a little bit more of the great equalizer. We saw somebody like Corey LaJoy. I mean, he stayed out and ended up leading laps, but he had a solid 18th place finish, uh, uh, on, yeah. on Wednesday night, which that's funny for a lot of reasons, if you know the story with his beef with Denny Hamlin and stuff like yeah. that. But Bubba Wallace, I mean, you know, as as good of a driver as he is, that equipment is not on par with the Hendricks, with the Gibbs, yeah. Penske's, and he goes on Wednesday night, and he's he had a solid fifth to sixth place car. He ends up having some bad stops because he uh, ends up breaking a droop chain. But coming down to the last lap, he's battling side-by-side side with Jimmy Johnson for 10th. Yeah. That was a yeah. great run for that team. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, like, you look at that, like you said, you know, Bubba was obviously the big one because his car all night long was good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think he had a good five to fifth to eighth place finishing car. Um, and like you said, had a little bit of bad luck with the chain breaking. But other than that, I mean, it was just – it was amazing to see, like, even, like, Michael McDowell had a really good night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't expect it out of a guy like him, but, like, when everybody else struggles as poorly as they did, mm-hmm. and you uh, – it's like, well, they're doing something right. Right. Yeah, the, the two um, uh, uh, Roush cars, Ryan Newman and Chris Buescher, end up finishing 13th and 14th, and, you know, they're, they're a team that – you know, with the mile and a half is running anywhere from 18th to 25th, like not that great, but you know, you put these guys on short tracks. Here's the thing. Everybody in the cup series is a good driver outside yeah. of maybe Quinn half. But anyways, everybody in the cup series is a good driver and they've had at least a reasonable amount of success at some yeah. point in the career. So I don't know. I just think putting them on short tracks really reverts them back to, and especially now that we have the, the lower downforce package again, it just really puts things, back in their hands and yes equipment still does matter you're not going to go up there and win a race in a you know rick wear racing car or anything like that but when you can kind of equalize things to a degree between most of the top teams in the field 
you'll see results like that. And I think, I think that's good for the sport. Yeah. I think it's great for the sport. I mean, because like, you know, like you said, you have, you know, when, when Corey LaJoy stayed out, most time we're not talking about him leading at Martinsville. Right. Sponsors get a shout out. So that team gets a little pep in their step. And, um, you know, it's just, it's cool for these smaller teams, you know, that, that, that run well, which, Richard Petty Motorsports, I guess you consider him a small team. Yes, Richard carries a, a huge name in the sport, but um, you know, they're not they're not the likes of Penske, Hendrick, none of that. Um, so to see them run really well, you know, it, it's just for me it's just cool to see. I mean, because yeah. like I like them pretty much. Yep. And you know, when when we talk about future schedules and stuff like that, this is just all the more reason to advocate for more shorter tracks on the schedule. And I think, I don't know if I said this last week or not, but, you know, people would be a lot more okay with the low horsepower, high downforce package if it was only being used a minority part of the time. Like, if he used it at less than half the races, he would be more okay with it. Yeah. Uh, If if we're running these shorter tracks, and you don't have to run Bristol and Martinsville every single week. There's other tracks where you can do this kind of stuff, but. I don't know. I just feel like if that's a if that is a majority of our schedule, throw road courses in there too because they you know provide the same kind of type of entertainment. That's kind of what I think we need going forward because that's good entertaining racing, and we know it's going to be. Again, these intermediates can be so hit or miss. You know, you can have a Vegas that's really good. You can have an Atlanta that's so so. You just don't really know what's going to happen. Short tracks always deliver to some degree. Yeah, I mean especially with the, the tweaks in the, the package they've made this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, Bristol was great. Yep. Martinsville until they got strung out. Well, not, you can't really get strung out at Martinsville, but until Truex got the big lead there with about 75 to go. I mean, right. everything up to that. Great. So, right. I mean, that's, I agree with you. I think that, and I hope that when the schedule is released here in the next couple months that they do take into account, like, let's let's figure out some short tracks let's let's go more short track racing and that does you know i'm not saying that i want to run the the road course in atlanta mm-hmm. but hey if that gets me rid of a gets me rid of a texas oval sign me up i mean because again like i remember when when the roval first came out i thought that was the dumbest thing ever yeah i thought it was stupid i was like this is you can't take away mile and a half that's the dumbest thing ever and like now it's like I want everywhere to have a Roval. I mean, right. I say that I like the Roval because it's unique. But, yeah. but that's the thing is like, it just there's there's it's different. It's it's interesting, and it just shakes things up. Yeah, and as far as just looking ahead directly to like 2021, I feel like there's really only two possibilities of like shorter tracks that could be added to the schedule. That's Gateway in Iowa. Gateway's probably a lot more likely. Which hey, I love Gateway. To me, it's like a flat Darlington. I think it's great. If they added that to the schedule, I would be overjoyed about it. Um, you know, there might be a couple road courses here or there. I just don't expect like you know, five new tracks or something like that. No, no I don't think no. they should. Um, we obviously know we're going to get Nashville Super Speedway, which again is another mile and a half track, but that could lead to us going back to the fairground. So at least there's a little inkling of hope there. Um, it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's just these small little pieces year by year can hopefully lead to these type of races being a majority of the schedule. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then that's the thing is like, there's, you know, there's different mile and a half. I mean, cause you go, I mean, you think that, you know, you go from Atlanta last weekend to this upcoming weekend, you know, at Homestead, two completely different tracks. Yes. Yeah. You know, and like, like having those two on the schedule is still perfect. Like I don't care. Um, but it's just, you know, like, like we talked about in the last episode, I don't need to go to Texas twice and run 400, 500 laps. Or four, unless four, four. In, unless okay. you're going to offer me something different in that second race, like a Roval at Charlotte, I don't think yeah. these tracks should have two dates. No reason no. to go to Kansas twice. No reason to go to Vegas twice. Uh, no reason to go to Texas twice. Texas especially, my goodness. I, we, ne- we didn't get to talk about it on um, our show earlier this week, but IndyCar came back over the weekend and they raced to Texas. And Texas yep. used to be almost like a plate race for IndyCar because yeah. you could run wide open. You just had this pack of cards. You had great finishes. And the reconfiguration and repave has absolutely ruined that. Shout out to Eddie Gossage, though. Yeah. I, I, I don't know who, who thought the flat turns one yeah. and two were a good idea, but it hasn't worked. No, I mean, in, you know, we'll – it was just it was me i watched majority probably 80 percent of that race and it was just kind of like y'all gonna pass each other i mean because it was just it was it was bad i mean it was bad and maybe the new windscreen had or aero screen had something to do with that because it changes the the flow over the car and stuff like that but you know just to me since they reconfigured texas there hasn't been that great indycar race there which is unfortunate because, no. again, it used to be one of the fun races of the schedule. But, right. So, um, but I'm hey, glad IndyCar's back. Uh, the next time they'll be back will actually be the uh, doubleheader weekend with NASCAR 4th of July at uh, Indianapolis. So that'll be a little bit of history. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that's going to turn out. Uh, also history this weekend because what we thought we were going to see the first weekend doubleheader when the Cup Series went to Pocono in a couple weeks. It's actually going to be the Xfinity Series this weekend at Homestead as we're in the process of trying to make up races. So going to have a full weekend, going to have Xfinity Saturday and Sunday, truck Saturday night, and, of course, the Cup Series on um, Sunday. So, you know, and, and now we've kind of got the, the schedule forecasted all the way out to the beginning of August. Pretty much all the races have been made up here in the Cup Series. But the Xfinity and Truck Series, if they're going to still run the same number of races, they got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, they've they've got to add they've got to add several, you know, along the way. And whether they do that or not, it's going to be, I don't know, interesting to see. But like I said, this weekend we'll get doubleheader for the Xfinity uh, trucks and and uh, the Cup Series. So we'll just go ahead and dive into our picks. Then um, you're still holding a four to three lead, I believe. Yeah, we we've really killed it this year. Um, I, hey, the Jimmy Johnson pick was looking good for seventy laps the other night. I picked Blaney. Yeah, and he maybe, maybe if he doesn't have that speeding penalty, yeah, maybe he's got a better shot at it. I was like, I was like, I, I was like, throw me the caution, give me the caution, because he's got a better car than Truex, and I was like, they had the caution. Well, that's just that's that's pretty on par with what his season has been. Having yeah. race winning cars and whether it be a pit call, speeding penalty, something deters or keeps him from realizing his true potential that day. I've picked him twice this year and he's finished twice both times. Mm. Man. Oh, yeah, so far. I think he's going to break through at some point. 
eventually, but I probably won't pick him that week. So, uh, all right. Well, let's jump into the picks for this weekend. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and start with the Chuck series. Uh, they'll be racing on Saturday night. Uh, Kyle Busch can be in the field again. Chase Elliott going to be in the field again. Again, this was originally supposed to be one of the bounty races, and Kyle Larson was supposed to be in this one because uh, the thought of Kyle Larson ripping the fence for 200 miles at Homestead should have gotten everybody excited. Obviously, he's not going to be in the race now, so Chase Elliott's going to take his place. And uh, we were wrong last week by picking these two guys, and Grant Infinger ends up winning, but did one of these guys end up winning this weekend? I know it's the cop-out, but I, I'm going with Kyle again. Yeah. I mean, because, like, the thing with him is either – he either wins the race or, or some crap happens like it did in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So I know it's an easy pick. It's a cop out, but I'm going to roll with him. Uh, yeah. And I, this may be a cop out too, but I'm going to end up rolling with Chase again, because if yeah. Kyle doesn't win, there's probably a pretty good chance yeah. that Chase is. Well, and it's like, it's like picking, it's like one A or one B. I mean, yeah. and then you know, I will say, I will say my non, you know, my non, cup guy was gonna be brett moffitt but i was gonna go i was gonna be a little bit bold and say stuart friesen um because mm-hmm. you know dirt guys tend to like these worn out tracks where you can rip the fence and stuart friesen's a dirt guy so yeah i don't know, I'd, I'd, yeah. Feel, I'd feel good about that pick if the cup guys weren't in this race but yeah. well and that's the thing is like because like i mean i play DraftKings, mm-hmm. you know and like for truck races that kyle's in i usually don't even play because it's like Everybody owns him. You're dumb if you don't pick him. Right. Unless – but then if he wrecks or he has an issue like he did last week, and you look like a genius if you don't pick him. Right. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of fantasy implications of Kyle, Kyle racing the truck series too. But Exactly. Uh, uh, as I mentioned a minute ago, doubleheader for the Xfinity series. It's uh, pretty much the same field in both races outside of – Dale Jr. will be running Saturday's Xfinity race. He was originally scheduled to run that anyway. Hemrick will be in the eight car for Sunday. So outside of that, pretty much the same field for both races. Um, we'll start off with Saturday's race. Uh, make a pick for that. I think we may have the same pick for this one. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going with Chase Briscoe. You would be correct on that. Old okay. I mean, I, tracks. I think – I mean, I, I he's just – he, he's the best the series got right now. I really do believe that. And if he, uh, if he hadn't had he, the speeding penalty at Atlanta, he would have probably won that race. Andy's, Andy's good at Homestead. I'm, heck, he's good pretty much anywhere he goes. But you put him down there, you know, he r- runs the wall the entire time, you know. I, I would have to agree with that. Um, you going to have a different pick on Sunday? Um, yeah, just for the sakes of giving a different pick. So race number two on Sunday, uh, I'm going to go with Noah Gregson. Okay. I was going to mention Noah Gregson because he has that video of him literally ripping the fence for an entire practice session. So definitely looks like he's gotten better at it. Well, and obviously the controversial, if you want to call it that win at Bristol, um, and a good run and a good showing at Atlanta, I mean, his team, he, he's a confident driver right now, mm-hmm. and that is confident in him. I think that goes a long ways. Absolutely. Well, I will stay in the JRM camp, and I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier. Um, right. Allgaier for the second race. Um, Allgaier has, has run well this year. He probably should have won that race at Bristol until mm-hmm. Bill Gregson cleaned him out. But um, this is a track that Allgaier runs well at. Um, 
obviously it's not the, the, the track that's deciding the championship anymore, but I feel like the fact that Allgaier's had the experience of going there to run for a championship means that they brought some really good pieces there. Um, and obviously yeah. when you look to last season, the, those other guys that raced for the championship aren't there anymore. So Allgaier would have been the best of the bunch coming back. So um, I, feel right. like I feel good about him for us Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And then wrapping up the weekend, the Dixie Vodka 400, the first time we have not raced, we have raced at Homestead and it not be for the championship since 2002 or 2001. Um, Mm -hmm. It'd be different. It'd be weird that the Fox crew is covering this race. Um, But going back to 2014, when this uh, winner take all championship format came out, every driver that's won the Homestead race has been the champion. So mm-hmm. are you picking a series champion to win on Sunday? I'm picking a series champion, but not the cup series. Okay. I'm going with Tyler Reddick. All right. Bold pick. Yeah. I mean, I think he's starting like 20 itch, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, with, with Kyle Larson, not in the field. I think that he's the guy that can run the top better than anybody. And I, and I think once again, I think, we're going to see typical Homestead where to win the race, you got to get up to the top. Yep. Got to rip the fence. Yeah. We always talk about with Larson, if you could stay out of the fence, then, you know, then you can go on to win that race. And yeah, I mean, it may be a little bit bold, but look what he's done the past two years. If nothing else, he's going to have a solid, at least top 10 car. Maybe it's over the top five. For our fantasy listeners out there, He's definitely a guy you want to play. Oh, no, I'm definitely going to have him he'll, on my team this week. He'll have the plus-minus differential. He'll have the, uh, the the high – I mean, assuming he doesn't wreck, mm-hmm. he'll have the position. But I bet he has a lot of fast laps, too, running the top. Um, I am going to pick a Cup Series champion. And after his performance last week, it's hard to pick against Kevin Harvick. I mean, Homestead's an abrasive, worn-out track like Atlanta is. Harvick has raced for the championship so many times at Homestead. Um, so they, him and Rodney Childers know what to bring to this track. Obviously, he won there in 2014. Um, I just feel like Kevin Harvick's been the best guy since we've come back from the uh, couple months off, and I just think that momentum keeps rolling at uh, Homestead. Yeah, that, w- that wouldn't shock me one bit either. I mean, because like, like I think you said earlier this week, you know, he just has a way of just – getting the job done you know his nickname's the closer he just gets the job done well you throw any if i had to pick one driver to throw out there completely cold with no practice no qualifying and say hey you got 400 500 miles to figure it out harvick would probably be the person yeah. i would trust the most so yeah 100 percent. you know he is my championship pick for this year so that is, that is true all right well that'll do it for this second episode of this week of the speed podcast we'll be back beginning of next week to break down a lot of racing at homestead weather's looking a little bit iffy so fingers crossed that we get everything in and um yeah without too many delays hopefully and um then we'd be on to talladega after that yeah so all right well for dalton mullinex i'm tyler head thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next time without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.